Hi folks, Don here, and I just wanted to begin this episode with a short disclaimer. I recorded this episode with Garrett, and only when it was complete did I realize I had a serious quality issue with my audio tract. I was going to re-record it, but essentially it would be as much work re-recording and editing it as it would be to produce another episode. So in the end, I've decided to just continue forward and release it as is. So please forgive the poor audio on this one. You see, this is what happens when Drew takes two months off and leaves me in charge of the tech. Anyway, I hope you enjoy it in spite of the not-so-great audio. On to episode 34. Welcome to North of the Shire, your podcast on all things Lord of the Rings, but unless I'm mistaken, it's mostly about the Middle-Earth Strategy Battle Game by Games Workshop. I'm your host, Don, and this is episode 34. My co-host today is a man of many game systems. It is Garrett Pogson once again. How are you doing, sir? Great. How are you today? I'm doing well. And yes, Andrew is still off, like, changing diapers and burping new babies. Yeah, I guess uh, a couple days ago would have been one month old. Oh, had a birthday. First pseudo-birthday. Yeah. One month. Very good. I think. I, I'm pretty sure it's been four weeks. Yeah. Yes, times, and I, I'm not sure if we five. mentioned it, but Andrew has a, a son. It is a boy. Yeah. It oh, is a man yeah. child. No, that's true. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> true. All right, so what is episode 34 going to be all about? We are going to do a catch-up and talk about our hobby stuff like we always do. And also, well, you know what? There's a lot of new releases to talk about. Um, So we'll see how much time we want to spend on that. Um, The main topic is going to be our adventures in Middle-Earth. We've been to a tournament recently, uh, so we will go through that and tell about our armies and such. all that glitter, or all that is gold does not glitter. I've actually already recorded that all by myself. So that's already done, Gary. You don't have to worry about that part. Okay, great. Um, and then we're going to have a little chat at the end that we are going to call Troll Horde, which is something kind of unique to this particular game. Um, so kind of looking forward to, to that topic. Um, but let's get into it. So, like, what what have uh, you want to talk about all these new releases and just get this out of the way? Because I'm we both. I think we both just finished watching the the live stream that Steve and Damien did on Top Table Gaming um, about the new book. I watched it. I fell asleep halfway. Did you M- missed a missed a couple of the legendary legions? So I had to I had to go back in the video and yeah. Yeah, I'll have to go live. back and, and watch the Legendary Legion part because I uh, I watched all of the beginning. I even brought the laptop into the kitchen while I was like making dinner and and I like listened to all of the scenarios and and all of that stuff and um, you know they they talked long long discussion on the wind lance and whether it could be moved or not, which yes. I didn't even know that was a thing, but. Um, yeah, and then I had to, uh, I, we ate dinner and I had to run out and I got, I got back and I'm like, oh good, it's still on. And I sat down, put my headset on just as Steve said, 
Yes, and that was the last legendary legion. <laughs> so, like, I literally missed all of the, the juicy part of the conversation. So, I'll have to go back and listen to that. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, I look forward to checking that out again. Like, I mean, we've all sort of seen the, the leaked images that were were online, so I'll have a pretty good idea of what it is. But, but yeah, like, what do you think about all these models? Like, did you, uh, the pre-order has come and gone. Well, I guess it's still on, but did you uh, jump on any of this stuff? Um, not really. Not I, I thought about some stuff, but... Uh... When I when I took a deeper look, it was stuff I already have. So yeah, yeah. And I already have stuff that I haven't got finished, so I don't want to invest in another yeah, army. Like There's I'm, st- I'm definitely gonna buy some stuff, but I I didn't actually pull the trigger on um, the first chance to pre-order because like the Dale stuff, I'm probably gonna buy because I have a painted Dale army. I bought, like, the new heroes and the Knights of Dale, but, like you said, they're not painted yet, so, like, they're assembled and primed, but not painted, so, you know, this stuff is going to be available for sale for years to come, presumably, so no rush for me to pick it up right this instant. Yeah, I got thinking about, um, doing some of the Goblin stuff. Uh I'm I'm not sure what's, um just made to order if all this stuff is back in uh, I, I think again. the majority of stuff or all of it that is um, not Forge World is returning to the range I believe okay. yeah so why don't we go through that stuff first the, the returning to the range stuff um, just quickly and give our impressions on, on, on that stuff so yeah, you mentioned there's a bunch of Moria stuff. As most of it is Moria stuff. Like there's the dragon, which you and I collectively already own one, which is painted. Um, what yeah, else? That's from a long time ago. Yeah, that was one of our early purchases. Um, the black shields, the goblin black shields, um, and then you got all your goblin characters: Ashrak, Druzag, Durbitz and Groblog. Um, those are kind of interesting to me. I mean, I may eventually pick them up because, like, I do have a Balrog assembled and primed, um, and I do have a whole bunch of the plastic goblins painted, ready to go. So, you know, all I need to do, and I have trolls and bats and all of that stuff, so all I need is those heroes, really. Um, what else did they have? They had the Easterling Mounted Commanders, Goblin Prowlers and Warg Marauders. That's the end of the Moria stuff. Um, so were you looking at maybe getting any of that or or no? Um, I thought about the Goblin Heroes just because um, there's something that I don't own. But I had a Goblin Army years ago and ended up getting rid of it. Oh, did you? I, I don't remember that. Yeah, I, I, had, I tried to start one, but... Um, oh, okay. It just it didn't end up playing out. One of the many sort of half done armies mm-hmm. or whatever. Like the the Moria Black Shield Warband is interesting to me because it's all metal models. Like they've yeah. they've I think that's like a made to order type thing. Um, the thing is, it comes with a drummer or a, like a drum set and uh, a shaman. I think it is, mm-hmm. and a captain. It looks like 
So you get a full 12 guy, like man warband, and then four other models. So you get a whole bunch of models, and it's all metal. Yeah. So it seems like a really good deal for that, because mm-hmm. um, I prefer the metal stuff over the fine cast. But uh, yeah, it's kind of another unique thing about this game um, is is that there are so many metal models still. Like people that play Games Workshop, their games, you know, that's not a thing for 40k or Age of Sigmar, or of course any of their new games they come out with. There's there's no such thing as metal models anymore. Yeah, it's mostly plastic or Forge World stuff. Actually, the Warg Marauders back. Um, yeah, I saw that. That's one of the things. Yeah, there's a lot of that stuff to me that is very tempting. But then when I look at my my backlog, I'm like, yeah, it'll be so long before I got to any of it that it, I would just literally be buying it to put it on the shelf. Yeah, yeah, and I don't need more of that. I, as you said at the beginning of the of the podcast, it, I'm the man of many game systems, and yeah. I've got other stuff that yeah, so I want to I want to get done. So there's more than one pile of shame. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's multiple. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they also came back at like outside of the Moria stuff with the Kazid Guard, um, and then there was the Captains of Erebor and the Lake Town Captains. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I have well, I have the Captains of Erebor and the Kazid Guard already, um, and not going to be buying into a late town army so none of that stuff is of interest to me but I'm, it's good to see the Kazid guard on that list yeah i thought about the captains of airboard that was one of the things i was thinking about because i don't own the two axe wielding mm-hmm. captain i have the uh grim hammer captain i just don't have the normal one um and that th- that model was like very hard to get uh, back when we started playing, because it yep. was it was something that was produced, and then it went out of stock, right? Yeah, um, and so it's been out of stock for years. Very difficult model to get a hold of. And just so you know, when I talk about pile of shame and you know backlog and order, I still have that model new in the blister. <laughs> I've had it since nice. way back then. <laughs> yeah, I think um, I think we might have both picked one up. Yeah. at uh, Meeple Mart when we were down in Toronto for a visit. Um, I know that's where I got mine, and mm-hmm. I ended up selling it to somebody because I was going to get double what I paid for it, and I was like, I'm not yeah. going to use this, so... I'll well, it became one it. of those models that was so hard to get that you know people were offering kind of silly money for it, so... Yeah, because, well, back then we didn't know it was going to be coming back in stock, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the thing that the thing that gets me with the Easterling mounted commanders, they don't have a foot model for them. Oh, really? Yeah, like the um, the shaman and the uh, dragon knight. They mm-hmm. don't have a foot model for it. I, I'm just taking a quick look online. Yeah, they don't. So, it's it's weird that they came out with the mounted one, but not the the foot one. I guess if that new character, um, the new Forge World character, Shaman, mm-hmm. uh, or War Priest, sorry, not Shaman, um, can be mounted, you could use that for that, but um, the Dragon Knight doesn't have a, a foot model. 
unless you can convert something. Yeah. I guess that's always an option too, right? Especially with yeah, that Yeah, and I new... guess like not are all of the models out or um what's the new Easterling hero? Um I just got it pulled up now. Actually, I got I got thinking just a second ago that um while I was watching uh the the stream earlier um they had opened a box of the dragon knights yeah like the, the black dragon warriors and i think it has pieces to allow you to do two swords yeah so i know steve it, was showing on the stream how many extra pieces he got in in some of the kits mm -hmm. like he was showing all the extra swords and banners and stuff like that so i'm wondering if maybe you could use that kit to, to make one. That'd be cool if you could. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's uh, Ru, Ru, Ruta, Rutabi. Rutabi, and, yeah. And Bro... Bro Gear. <laughs> so those models, are they out yet or not? Because like, I don't see them... They're, they're available. Oh, they are. So they must have already been available. Yeah, they were a month ago, I think. Oh, okay. Because um, I know Chris ordered them because he's uh, starting that army. Yeah. So it doesn't sound like we've ordered a lot of that stuff. Um, out of the stuff that we've already mentioned, I know Andrew actually, he bought something. What did he buy? He bought some of the goblin stuff. He did. The, the Did he buy the, he bought the heroes. And I believe he, did he buy the Black Shields? I think he might have bought the Black Shields as well. No, he bought, a, he said something about uh, the uh, Prowlers. Oh, that was it, yeah, the Goblin Prowlers, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, he sounds like he's getting close to being able to field a full army of that now. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah, Prowlers are really good, especially in the new Legendary Legion. Yeah. Because um, they have throwing weapons, which is good. Yeah, and I don't think out of that stuff, I don't think Chris bought any of that stuff either. Um, unless he bought the commanders, I think he bought the dice, but... Uh, yeah. He yeah. might have bought the commanders. Actually, he probably did because he's buying all of the Easterling stuff. Yeah. He likes to do that. He'll buy everything that's available. Well, and... he buys like an entire army, sort of, yeah. and then works on that army. But yeah, what about on the Forge World side? So the Forge World side, you've got the the Dragon Emperor, of course, on the Palaquin, and the Easterling Black Dragon Warriors, and then the Dale Windlance and the Dale Commanders. I think those are the only new things that are up for pre-order. That um, is, yeah. And Chris, again, because this year he's working on those two armies, so he bought everything. Yeah. Yeah. So I will eventually buy the two Dale things, but again, it's just not a priority for me right now. Mm -hmm. I was uh, I was going to buy the Dale stuff mm -hmm. um, from the Forge World side because I thought I had a box of Dale Warriors somewhere around here, but I can't find them, so I must not have picked them up. I thought, you said I you thought, got them. For, you thought you got them at a, at a as a prize from a recent tournament, right? Yeah, but I cannot remember, or I can't find them in my my condo. Like it's unless I gave them or traded them away to somebody. Oh well, maybe they'll turn up eventually. Yeah. 
Yeah. Scout, so scout so we, none of us bought much of that stuff. Did you pick up the book? Uh, I ordered it from uh, a company in like a store in town. Oh, right on. Yeah, I ordered mine from, from GW mail order, so I'll probably have it in a month or two. Um, <laughs> no, I did it because I can pick it up on Saturday. Yeah, yeah. We'll see we'll see how quickly I get mine. Sometimes you get it right away and other times you gotta wait. Yeah, you could maybe get it during this week coming up. Yeah, I because... thought like last time they did a pre order for the book I was a little late ordering it and so like I think I missed the initial shipment sort of thing and so I ended up having to wait for quite a while before I got it. Yeah. But this time I was on the ball, so hopefully we'll get it right away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they um haven't released anything for the the Bjornings yet or the Grim Bjorn. Um, that stuff is, uh, I think that stuff is going to be quite popular by the sounds of it. It is. It's a it's a very small model range. Yeah. Like you've got the blister of three um, Bjornlings. I don't know how to pronounce it, but the yeah, so the three, like, troop-type guys Yeah. Um, that come with, uh, I, I don't know the composition, but the picture showed two with the axe and then one with the bow. Yeah. It actually says in the, uh, in the description, these miniatures all come with alternate heads and can be armed with either great bows or hand-and-a-half axes. So... They're like not necessarily like multi-part kits, but they have like head and weapon swaps available, so you can make them look a little bit different. Oh, okay, that's cool. Yeah, because yeah. you, you don't want to have whatever the the number. So you, there's only two heroes in the in the um, list. Yeah. So and I think they're both Valor or Bjorn might be. Um, legendary. I didn't catch that part in the book review. Yeah, but like I know they have their own legendary legion, so that'll mean that you'll probably see them at sort of more fun, fun tournaments. I think. Yeah, if they were both valor, you could you could potentially make a thousand point list out of it. You take like uh, thirty of the the Bjornlings, and then the two heroes. Yeah, yeah. Should... Yeah, well, I'm curious to see the uh, the ally matrix. Like, I don't think... I'm not even sure they will be on the ally matrix if they're just strictly a legendary legion and that's it. No, the, their force is um, also like non-legendary legion, but I don't think you take them other than legendary legion because the rules for that are so good. Um, right. But they are green ally with um, Merkwood, if Thranduil's in the list, I believe. Oh, okay, cool. All right, what were you saying about the terrain kit for Dol Guldur? Uh, I was saying that they've got uh, a six-pack um, put together. So it's, a, it's at a pretty big discount, too. I think it was like $30 off almost, 25 Yeah, it, it sounded like you're getting at least one full terrain piece for free mm-hmm. yeah so like if you can combine that with like a retailer that like gives you a bit of a discount as well you can end up with a really good deal 
yeah, get a whole table worth of uh, terrain. I know uh, a couple of the scenarios in um, one of the older books. You, you could play with this terrain. Yeah. So it'd be cool. And then I thought maybe we could uh, incorporate uh, that with a Canadian Shire table. Yeah, that'd be fun. Like that'd we be fun. Well, we already Rohan. bought the full box of the Rohan, so let's get all that painted up and done for this year for first before yeah. we start worrying about buying another entire box of terrain to paint. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, you mentioned the scenarios. Let me let me throw a couple of completely made up, unsubstantiated facts at you. Okay. Did you know that according to me, less than one percent of people that buy these books play all of the narrative scenarios in the book? Really? I'm just throwing that out there. I can't believe that more than 1% of people would play all of the narrative scenarios in, in these releases. Yeah. And in fact, I would say, and again, this is just me throwing numbers out there off the top of my head, I would say that only 20% of people that buy these books even play one of the narrative scenarios. Well, we what do you think? Played, do you think we, I'm close with those numbers or way no, off? Like I, I know we haven't played any of them, so at least I haven't. Like I like reading them, and I would certainly play them if it was. I don't know. It's just not something that we do. Like our our game experiences is all about going to tournaments, and mm -hmm. you know, even though I love the narrative side of the game, um, it's just nobody plays the scenarios. No, some of them, some of them seem pretty cool in the new book. Uh, a lot of the, um, a couple of the scenarios overlap, so you could use them with multiple different uh, armies. Right. But the big thing, and the reason why I believe we haven't done a majority or even any of them, is most of the time scenarios have a specific um, army build that you have to use mm -hmm. to use this many models, and a lot of the time we just don't have the models. So it's a lot harder to play the scenario that way. Yeah, I think the exception to my my facts would be the Quest of the Ring Bearer. Um, like when that book came out, like everybody was over the moon about the concept of the narrative campaign in Quest of the Ring Bearer and the whole idea, the unique idea of making up your own sort of uh, alternate fellowship, let's say. So I think that book would be the exception to what I had said earlier. But even given all of the hype that was around that and all of the people who started campaigns, how many of them finished them or even got halfway through them? Like, it's true. Yeah, it just none of them none of them went through to fruition. You know. There, there are groups of people out there that I'm assuming would have done it. but I'm sure. Like, to me, this is like a father-son kind of, or father-daughter, or whatever, um, playing through scenarios and campaigns like that. Like, if I had a, if I was younger and I had, like, a young son that was into this kind of stuff, I would definitely love to play through all that kind of stuff with them. But I think for people like you and I that are, you know, probably represent the majority of players 
which are tournament goers. Uh, maybe not, but uh, like I don't think a lot of us play a lot of these scenarios. And you know, if I'm wrong there, like let me know. You know, email us, message us. Let me know if I'm wrong there. But that's just my impression. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a different way of playing, and we seem to be more. Um, I I don't know what to. We're competitive players rather than story players. Yeah. Yeah, like, and and we both don't describe ourselves as competitive players, but we play in um, a competitive scene. Like, that's where our games happen. So, you know, by default, we're kind of considered a competitive player, I guess, even though I'm not particularly competitive. Um, but, like, all of our games happen at tournaments. Yeah, well, I like going to tournaments because you can get more games in in a day. Yeah. Um. But I guess if we set up a a time to just like get together on a Saturday or something and play games, so we'd be good too. But it's just a different way of playing. Yeah, we almost have to set up a scenario day. Yeah, absolutely. Because uh, one of the bingo squares is playing a scenario, right? Oh, is it really? I think so. Okay, well there, we've got to do it. Mm-hmm. We'll find a scenario in the new book and we'll play it, so we can check off a a bingo square. That's well, cool. let's get back into the hobby stuff. Have you done anything? Painting? Um, yes. I painted, or almost have finished painted, uh, about a dozen, maybe a dozen and a half Urukai um, scouts, plus some berserkers. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. I think you sent me a picture when you had just painted a few of them the the flesh color. Have you gone? You've gone past that? Yeah, they are. All base colors are done, and they've been um, washed with the um, Agrax. Yeah. And I've started going back over to highlight. It just takes a while to do it, so... Right on. Um, I had done that for the Battle Company tournament we were going to go to last weekend. Yeah. It didn't end up happening, because you were busy, and I just got back from the States, so... Yeah. I wasn't really feeling it, but... Yeah, uh, the timing just ended up not being good for either of us, so... Yeah, uh, so I I pushed to get that stuff done for that, and it's kind of just sat around and not been looked at for a week. I did work on my Iron Hills stuff, knowing mm-hmm. that this book was coming out, so I got cool. some more of that cleaned up, but nothing's built or there's no paint on it. Well, there you go. You were painting that stuff up for Battle Companies, and I already messaged you guys and said, who's up for Battle Companies next weekend? Yeah, I actually so got the go. stuff out after you sent that to get ready to paint <laughs> some more of it. So um, I did that. But uh, last night I painted some terrain. Nice. Is that got, for MESBG or is that for Stargrave? Um, some of it can be used for, for the Hobbit stuff, but uh, a lot of it's those uh, energy coils for uh, uh, Stargrave. Stuff that I 3D printed for you. Yeah, super easy. Metal yeah. metal spray paint. Paint the coils like they're energy with the airbrush. Nice. Well, if you're gonna you gotta let us know when you get your models actually painted, because then we'll we'll throw it up on our group chat with Chris and start making them nervous because he still claims that he's gonna paint more models than all of us combined this year. Yeah, didn't and, he say he was gonna do three times as many as me? I forget. I, I just remember he said he was gonna he was gonna do more than all three of you, 
Andrew and myself combined. That's true. But I haven't been seeing any pictures of painted models from him lately, so I'm getting worried. Yeah, I think he's been waiting for this uh, Easterling stuff to come out. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, like if I paint up all the Urukai Scout Force that I want to paint, I'll probably have 60 models, so that's my contribution. Right on. Yeah, and leading up to, uh, in our uh, main segment, we're going to be talking about a tournament and I took a new army for me, and in order to get ready for that army, or yeah, that army ready, I had to paint up a bunch of stuff, and uh, it was the Defenders of Helm's Deep. So I painted five plastic warriors of Rohan, uh, three Royal Guard, and nine Galadrim models. So that was at 17 models, I think that is. Um, and I'd already painted up 15 earlier this year, so so I'm getting up there. My numbers are my numbers are starting to accumulate a little. Okay. Okay. Yeah, getting up. All right. Well, speaking of that, why don't we move on to the next segment, and we will talk about our adventures in Middle Earth at the latest tournament. Yes. All right, our adventures in Middle Earth is our main topic today because we went to another tournament. We did. And it was 600 points, four games. Yep. And what did you decide to bring, sir? Uh, I flip-flopped back and forth a lot. Um, I was going to take my Dead of Dunharo. Mm -hmm. Um, Then I was going to take the um, Fangorn with a couple Ents. I think it was like four Ents in total. Um, But I ended up landing on a Legendary Legion, the Black Riders. Which is cool because like none of us have ever tried that yet. No, it was was a fun list to play. I I really enjoyed it. I'll probably play it again um, just because of how much fun I had. But uh, I took the Witch King um, five wraiths, all mounted, and the wraiths all had two might, ten will, and a fate, and the witch king had three might, I think thirteen will, and two fate. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, that list is super interesting to play. Well, because it's a very different army from from your normal stock standard yeah. army. The the last time I played that list was like forever ago. It was one of the first tournaments we had in the league, and yeah. uh, like the the big difference. This is way before the Legendary Legion existed. Yeah, well, this is before things like Legendary Legions even existed. But uh, it was um, it was fun. I really liked it. Like the fact that you don't lose a will in combat was like the biggest boon for the list yeah i guess because you can you can just charge in and and fight stuff and kill it so now you didn't use you used some of the named ring races as as the models you you went with correct i did it's a lot easier to keep track of um might will and fate used yeah um 
based on the specific model rather than having like a number printed on the the race because well, they all have their own very distinctive look so you can you can easily tell them apart at a glance whereas yeah. with the the unnamed wraith models it's it's much more difficult it's true yeah and i don't think there was a big problem like i don't think anybody had a problem with it because it even allowed them to have a better understanding of who was who was who yeah um uh, how many players did we have at that tournament was it 20 that 20 signed up and 19 showed up yeah if i'm right so the ringer had to play yeah um for myself i've already mentioned that i played a new army for me and that was the defenders of helms deep and andrew kind of wrote my army list for me i i did change it slightly um just to use some more models that i had uh so my army is a little bit longer than than garrett's but it's fairly basic i only had two heroes in my army um so it was theoden who has to be the leader of the army and then i had aragorn strider so those were the only two heroes i had at 600 points um, so I had, uh, with Theoden, I had eight warriors of Rohan with shield and throwing spear, and one of them had a banner. Uh, and then I had four Rohan royal guard with throwing spears, and that was the change that I made, because Andrew didn't have them initially. Okay. He just had all regular guys, and I'm like, well, I have these models, I want to use them, so put them in. And then he had also uh, six Galadrim elf warriors uh, with elf bow, spear, and they come with a hand and a half sword. And then Aragorn had eight of the warriors of Rohan with shield and throwing spear and five of the Galadrim with uh, elf bow and spear. That was my list. So pretty different list for me. Um like a fair amount of shooting, like lots of throwing spears, uh, very low strength and pretty fragile army. Um, but with Aragorn, so one really good hero, and Theoden, kind of mid tier, mid tier hero. So let's let's go through our games uh, again. Let's not spend forever talking about them, but we'll just go through who we played and what were the highlights and what mission, etc. So who did okay. you play in game one? Um, I don't remember the missions that we played. I have them written down. We played to the death. To the death, okay. I played uh, Taylor, and he was playing uh, Lurtz's Scouts Legendary Legion. All right. So the army I've been working on for three years. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I pretty much knew what he had. Um, yeah. It's it's actually a very scary list to sit down and have play against you, mm-hmm. um, because their mobility is it's actually quite scary how fast they can get across the table. But um, I ended up winning the game. It it was it was interesting because he just kept Lurts and his banner at the back, right? Knowing that they're worth a lot of points. Because um, Lurtz was his leader, and then the banners were two victory points for him. So, um, for me, um, I had to chew through a lot of his guys, and it was it was it was fun. Um, 
And of course, you wouldn't have a banner in your army. No, because you can't have it with that list. But uh, the um, oh, I forgot what the name of this spell is now. It's the one where everything around you has to make a courage check. Instill fear. Yes, that spell was very um, was a very crucial part of my game plan because what I did is I basically targeted. Um, individual orcs or urukai and i just like charge them after casting a spell mm -hmm. just to wipe out a guy a turn from every one of my wraiths just like charge in win combat knock them down right and it just like we over the course of the game that's pretty much how it played out i throw like a black dart here or there um instill fear on people so that they had to run away um stop him from basically um swarming my guys now did you keep all your guys together so you had the additional probably minus one to their courage yeah that's that's something i i kept uh, constant throughout the whole day was i kept my guys in a big clump yeah because uh minus two courage on urukai is is good yeah yeah so not getting like the army is so small with only being six models if you get enough guys on a, a wraith it's probably bad news for them yeah well they'll definitely take out your mount if nothing else yeah so i i pretty much i think i wiped him out to basically lurts and the banner and maybe like a half a dozen models mm -hmm. out of his 40 model list like he had the maximum amount you could take so i did i did a pretty good job like a lot of them ran away when when he broke but uh yeah, it was it was fun killing. Cool, cool. Well, speaking of Urukai, in in my first game, I played uh, Noah, who I had not played before, and he had just a stock standard Isengard list, and it's kind of a list that like we talk about it quite a bit, you know. But I've never actually played against it, and I play a lot of Urukai myself, so very familiar with the army and the units in the army but i've never actually played this build before okay so at 600 points he had three heroes lurts maher and gorolf ironhide so three really good combat heroes uh and then along with that he had 16 urukai berserkers uh, he did have one model with a banner, which I think, based on the points, it might have been an Urukai warrior with shield. If not, it was an orc. But then the rest were all orcs with shield and spear. So he probably had, I think, in the area of the same number, around 16 orcs. So probably around 16 orcs with steel, shield, and spear, and 16 berserkers, and then those three heroes. So for my army, it was my first game with the army. I, I didn't really have any idea of what to expect other than I wanted to kill stuff with shooting. And I think I ended up getting three full turns of shooting in. And my initially, like, the plan with this army, right, especially with all the throwing spears, is when your opponent gets close... You're, you're going to kite them and keep them at a distance and, you know, back up and throw spears and all of that. But what ended up happening, because, of course, I'm very used to playing Urukai, and also I play a lot of uh, Khazad-dum, 
And in this game, what happened was I probably killed an entire warband worth of his models with shooting before he was going to get to me. Like, I'm sure I killed at least 12 models. And I was deliberately going for the orcs because I wanted the kills. Um, just because I was, like, strength 3, toughness 5 against... Um, or defense 5 against the orcs, which was a 5 to kill. And it was defense 6 on the berserkers, which would have been a 6 to kill. So I was, I was shooting at the orcs, and I, I did well. I think I actually downed a couple of berserkers, too. And... I got overconfident, to be honest. Like, in my normal armies that I play, if, if that's the situation and the guy gets into combat after losing that many models, it's like, yeah, knock yourself out. This, this game's over. Well, I was in for a big surprise because, like, I, I went into combat and, oh, my God, though those berserkers just hit like a truck. And it was at this time that I found out how incredibly weak the regular warrior of Rohan is. Yeah. Um, like, even his orcs, like, it's basically the same profile as an orc, really. It's just the courage, I think, that's the only thing that's different. Yeah. Um, like, his orcs were killing my warriors of Rohan. His berserkers were slaughtering my warriors of Rohan. The heroes were killing my, my Rohan. They were killing everything. And my guys with their strength three, like across the board, they were struggling, honestly, even needing only fives, but they were still having a hard time. And he was out killing me like by a fair margin in combat. The only time I only place I was doing well was on my right flank where I was able to envelop him because I had more models. Um, but that's where he put his banner, very smart, and he was just shielding with all his orc warriors over there with the banner reroll, and that was able to slow him down. And, like, to me, I thought the game was in the bag, and so did he, I think, um, like, for me. And I ended up starting to lose so many models. Like, by the time we were getting close to the game ending, we weren't sure who was going to win because it was, like... I think he broke me first, and I broke him right away after that, or something like that. Um, and it ended up, like, I did manage just to win a very narrow win of 8-7, to seven, which was only because I was able to kill Lurts. Like, I, I surrounded Lurts, and I think it took me three combats to kill him. Um, just because, like, the first... Like, one or the first two combats, like, he was shielding and rolled a six, like, in, in both combats. And, like, I was gassed and on might and, and whatnot. But it's just, it took forever, and he was just racking up kills. But it was it was quite the narrow thing, but I pulled out uh, an 8-7 win there. Oh, okay. Yeah, I forget what my, my score was. Well, I think it was, like, 7-2, seven to, seven to maybe? Well, he would have got he would have got the banner points, and that's probably all he would have gotten because he probably didn't break you or quarter you, no. or wound your leader or kill your leader, which is the same thing for you. Um, so he would have probably only got the two. Yeah, and I broke him and wasn't broken, so I was five, and then I got two for quartering him. So yeah, seven to two for me for my. Yeah, game. right on. So we both won our first game, so that was cool, and then the what? second game. 
we ended up playing each other. Yeah, we went out for lunch and we got halfway through eating and we're like, oh, we're supposed to be back five minutes ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we got back and yeah, we figured it or found out we were playing each other, which was uh, a little bit of a disappointment, but it happens. Yeah, and so we played, the, the mission was Clash by Moonlight. Yeah, big bonus for you with all your shooting. Not yep. so good with uh, me, so yeah. Yeah, so I just got to remind myself. So in this one, you get one for wounding enemy leader, two for killing, three victory points if the enemy force is broken, five if you're not broken, and you get one victory point if you have at least one hero remaining at the end of the game. If you have at least one hero left alive and have killed more hero models than your opponent, you still score three. If you have at least one hero remaining and your opponent has none remaining, then you instead score five. So that's what I was afraid of. I was afraid that I was actually going to end the game with no heroes left alive because I only had two. Yeah, um, six. Yeah, and, and your army sort of excels at assassination. So what I ended up doing was, like, I pushed the majority of my army, like, into your face with Aragorn. And I had Theoden with two or three warriors, like, sort of pivoting way away from your army. Sort of, you know, with the rest of my army between your army and Theoden. But he was, like, two feet back for the yeah. whole game kind of thing. And I, I just tried to fight you with, with that part of my army. And it started out well for me because I think I knocked off a couple. I Like, I did wound a couple of your guys early, forced you to use up some resources, might and fate. And I think I killed, did I kill two horses? I think I killed a couple of horses. You did, you did kill two. You took a fate off of the Undying um, right at the beginning, and that really scared me. Yeah. I ended up just playing like this hide-and-seek, poke-out-from-behind-the-building game. Yeah. After that, because I was like, I can't lose guys. This is not going to go good. But yeah. um, I knew you had a couple models on your team that had bodyguard, and I wanted to eliminate them as fast yeah. as possible, so I was using black dart on them. But you uh, you took a, taken advantage of Aragorn's... Um, uh, what's the heroic that you can call? Resolve. Oh, heroic resolve, yeah. Yeah, and ended up stopping a bunch of spells. Yeah. Or I'd like I'd hit with uh, black dart, but I couldn't wound you because I roll a one or a two. Yeah, I think the problem that I was having with that was that in order for me to execute the plan that I wanted to do, I had to keep moving forward, and I was like pushing you back, sort of away from my my leader, my second yeah. hero, and. I think it's that heroic that you can't move if you call a heroic resolve. Correct. It happens before everything. Yeah. So you can get it off before um, they get spells, but you can't move for the turn. So. Yeah. So it was kind of like I would be in position and I would I would call the heroic resolve, but then the next turn I would have to move him forward so I wouldn't be able to call it. You know, yeah. and then, you know, maybe even the next turn I would have to move forward again because you were continually backing up. So it was very cat and mouse. And you ended up winning the game. 
uh, was it six to three? Yeah, you won six to three. So I'm not sure how that ended up. Did you kill Aragorn? I can't even remember. No, I did. I, did, uh, I took, I think, I kept throwing black darts at him, but you resisted or used your fate to save them. Yeah. Um, I did nothing to Theoden. Um, I broke you with the last combat of the game. Mm-hmm. And that's I right, a, that's right. And I had a hero alive, so I had six points. So you got five for breaking me and not being broken, and you yeah. had a hero left alive for six. Yeah, and then you got three, you said? Yeah. How would I have gotten three? Maybe you killed one of my models. Actually, I believe you did. You killed one of my wraiths. Yeah, so the way I got three was that... I had a hero left at the end of the game, and I had killed more hero models than my opponent, so that gave me three victory points. So that was frustrating only because it, my my plan kind of worked for the whole game, and then right at the very end, like on the last turn, the last combat, you killed the last model you needed to break me. Yeah. Which gave you five victory points. It was and good. And sunk me. So then you were on two wins, and I was on a win and a loss. Yeah. Yeah. So who'd you play for game three? And this was Contest of Champions. Yeah, I played uh, the big bad of the league, Ben. Oh, oh you played the, Ben. The, okay. The scary man. Yeah, so Ben is a very competitive player, he's a very skilled player, um, and normally plays Minas Tirith, which is what he had, he had yep. Minas Tirith there as well. Yep, he, uh, he set up, um, his hero, um, cause he had, his heroes were, I'm trying to remember, he had Faramir on horse with armor and lance, yep. and shield. Uh, he Huron. had Huron the Tall, mm -hmm. and then he had one of the new uh, Ranger heroes um, from the latest book, or two books ago. I forget what his name was, but he's just like a minor hero that... Uh, okay. Uh, he's just a Ranger hero. He so had Madril also. Oh, okay. Yeah. But, um... I know because like before the tournament I actually wrote oh, out a yes, list yes, yes. Yeah. predicting what Ben would take and it was almost exactly right. It, I, yeah. I was off, I was a little high on the Knights of Minas Tirith but yeah essentially he had Faramir, he had a couple of knights with him, some rangers of Gondor, he had Huron again a couple of knights with him, he had Madril, some Minas Tirith warriors, more Rangers of Gondor, and an Avenger Bolt Thrower. Yeah. I don't think he... Like, he had the Madril model, but it wasn't actually Madril. Oh, he, he was proxying. Okay. He was proxying him for one yeah. of the newer guys. Um, so we set up, like, the mission played out. Um, both our leaders in the middle. And he had set up all his guys in a big line. And what he did to the first turn was he ran Faramir backwards. Mm-hmm. And then kind of surrounded my Witch King mm -hmm. uh, with his guys to, to try and kill me before I could get any kills. Yeah. A and then Faramir would just have free reign to yeah. mop up the, the battlefield, right? So 
Um, it didn't go as planned for him. I black darted his horse, and uh, yeah, it was it was kind of weird. Like that was a game that instill fear was like very important, and it was a lot of um, winning priority or losing priority, and both of us calling a heroic move. Like a lot of my might was spent on heroic moves um, that game. Yeah, because to for me to charge individual models to kill them um or charge individual models and then have him mm -hmm. forced to make courage checks uh was was helpful for me um his army bonus gives him plus one courage so it kind of countered one of uh my main abilities but uh yeah i sort of got rid of the extra minus one to courage that you come with yeah so i killed like i think it was like three or four models with um the witch king over the course of me trying to break out from that that uh bubble of guys yeah um and i kind of i kind of played near the middle of the table mm -hmm. um but worked my way to the my right to get out of there yeah and uh yeah it ended up that uh like i i kept here on standing still for most of the game because i didn't want to have to deal with him Mm -hmm. And I was black darting stuff and killing people left and right. Like that's the the one dice black dart you roll and hope for a five up, right? Yeah. Like I don't know. I, I did it a bunch of times. Um he he ended up uh getting into my lines and actually killing um most of my wraiths to the point where it got down to my leader and um a couple wraiths left. And Huron, Faramir, and a bunch of uh, Minas Tirith models were on the, the king. And uh, he he wasn't able to kill me with Faramir, and he rolled with Huron. Mm -hmm. And because he was using his two-handed sword, he ended up killing the Witch King. <laughs> so he couldn't get the leader kill leader bonus. Yeah. And at that point, Faramir still had no kills left. And I think the next turn, um, he killed one more wraith with Huron. Yeah. And uh, I had one wraith left, and the game ended. So did you say he hadn't killed anything with Faramir? Correct. The last the last combat of the game was like my one wraith surrounded by a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Faramir had charged in on foot, so it wasn't like devastating. Yeah. But um. Yeah, he rolled and he needed to get, I, th I forget what it was, he needed to roll one wound on six dice yeah. and he failed to get it. And then the game ended that turn because I was uh, one model and I ended up winning um, because I killed three times as many models as right. with my leader. Nice. And he, he broke me. I believe I was very close to breaking him, if not broke, like I, I'm not sure if I broke him or not. Mm -hmm. I forget what the score was. I ended up winning, so I was happy. Yeah. I was just excited that I that I yeah. was able to beat Ben. Um, yeah, if you can if you can get a win against Ben, you're happy. The points don't really matter. Yeah. So that yeah, gave awesome. me my third win. But yeah, it was it was pretty crazy. I think it was like a four plus or something. He needed to roll to kill the model. Yeah. Maybe it it's was actually anything. it's actually a tough mission for for your opponent. Um, that one because you have a very small army, but everything you have is hard to kill. Yeah, well, it's like hard to get into combat with it. 
Yeah. And a lot of his guys are strength three, so they need sixes by fours to do anything. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, a majority of the models that I lost were due um, his cavalry charging with lances. Right. And and here on the tall. That, that makes a, sense. A monster. Yeah, yeah. For my game, I played uh, Ryan. And we played on a board that had a lot of sort of blockish buildings on it. Okay. And I've, I've played games on similar boards before. And so right away when I saw that board, I'm like, okay, I want to find the best possible choke point on this board. Um, and we ended up setting our... I only had two warbands to set up, so I kind of set them up. Um, I set up Theoden sort of in the center, and he had set up his first warband. So he kind of had two warbands in the center, and I had Theoden in the center. And the only place left for him to really deploy was on the side with his leader, which was... um, the troll, what is it, the troll chieftain? Yep, the big guy in armor. Yeah, and so he had he had him as his leader, he had the mouth of Sauron, and I think an orc captain, and then everything he had were Moran and orcs, with shield or shield and spear. That was his entire army. Oh, okay. Yeah, and so like I was like kind of nervous at the beginning because it was like okay my entire army is strength three and he's defense six across the board so like i'm gonna need sixes to do anything here and plus he's got the troll chieftain which is going to be like butchering my stuff like crazy um and i have aragorn but he's not my leader theoden is my leader so you know theoden gets into a risky position he can die very easily Um, So what ended up happening, though, was he deployed sort of off to one side, to my right flank, right where there was a good spot for me to sort of block him um, between the edge of the table and a building. So that's kind of what I did, is I I sent Aragorn and part of his warband over there, and my whole goal was to get Aragorn in on his troll chief, and then just call heroic defense for free every turn. And um, I did that, and I think I won priority like three turns in a row and just charged his troll chieftain with with Aragorn and called the heroic defense. And worked like a charm, and, and I blocked him up. He couldn't get all of those models into my ranks. And across the front of the game the main battle line, you know, we were just slogging it out and killing each other's models, but I was really struggling to kill models again because of strength three, defense six, but I was doing okay. I wasn't, I wasn't doing terrible at all. Um, We were kind of trading kills there. And what I ended up doing was just had to really micro uh, Theoden into positions where he could get a kill and I had one kill with Theoden, and he had none with his troll chief. And then on one of the last turn, no, it was the last turn of the game, he finally got priority and won the roll-off. 
and got to move first with his troll chief and got into a couple of warriors and in that turn he killed three warriors he did a heroic move I think or a heroic combat rather uh, and he killed three of my warriors and so it just so happened though that I set up a, a heroic combat with Theoden and I was also able to kill two more of his warriors so we both ended with three kills each which is zero zero and none of us were broken none of us got any other points so that's how the game ended and it ended zero zero okay. so kind of anticlimactic so so for me at that point i was i had a win, won a game i had lost a game and now i had tied a game so i was completely out of the running at this point yeah well i had three wins which was yeah at that point, I was like, oh, man, this is so good. Yeah. I was living life. Yeah. This is the greatest experience ever. <laughs> and then uh, game four came around, and I basically had the chair kicked out from underneath me. <laughs> <laughs> Who were you playing? I forget. Uh, I played Ronin. Oh, you played Ronin. Okay, yeah. Yeah, and he had uh, he had a Morialist, but it wasn't like your normal Morialist. Yeah. It was three models. It was two cave drakes and a dragon that breathed fire. Okay. And all three of them are resistant to magic and can eat my face in combat, no yeah. problem, with their strength. Like, I had a game plan going into the game. Um, what mission was it? I can't remember. The mission was Lords of Battle. Oh, yes. I was like, oh, perfect. This mission's great for me. Um... Like so I this can, is the mission where you have to count the number of wounds you do. Yeah, so it was good because I I know how many wounds that I can give out and I know how many wounds he has and yeah and this right cave drakes suck against my list or no they don't suck they're very good against my list they suck for me playing against them because of this one stupid rule that they have yeah and it's the nest that they have yeah. Because if you're within three inches of it as a cave drake, you automatically pass courage checks. Oh, brutal. So I was going into the game, I'm like, okay, well, I'll just drain courage them so that they're one courage, and then odds are he's not going to he's not gonna get in combat, right? Cause yeah. Because I'll, I'll dance around them and do all this stuff. But they're also magic resistance, which was a big a big factor of the game. Um, Yeah. I did not so they do... were resisting your magic and also somewhat immune to your yeah. terror. Yeah, I, I, I lost the game, um, unfortunately. Uh, I did everything I could. It's just where he had his nest set up, it was impossible for me to go somewhere mm -hmm. that he wasn't able to um, be in range of a nest with the the drake right. or both of them. like. He, he even spent a couple turns not doing anything and just moving closer to the nest so that he could charge the following turn uh, and not have to make a terror test. And this game was the game that really showed me I don't know how to play the list yet. Yeah. If I had a bit more experience, I probably would have played it a different way. But, uh, yeah, I got, I got the... The one cave drake down two wounds with black darts and I was doing compels and shrieks here and there just to keep his guys from charging me so I didn't have all three of them in on me 
Yeah. Um, he was playing with his dragon very cagey, like he didn't want to bring it in. I, I'm not sure why he did it, because if he had to breathe fire more than he did, um, it probably would have changed the game, but he, he tried to keep his dragon away so that I couldn't drain his courage, I guess. Well, because he didn't want you to cause a wound to it, because then it may flee the table. True. There's that as well. So, I got a couple wounds off the, the one cave drake, and I'm like, okay, there's this is the turn. The other two are, like, off to the end of the table. Like, I pushed them away um, the turn before. This is my turn. I've got a drake that has four wounds. I'm just going to go all in here. And I cast... I was like, I, I, I probably should have played it differently, and knowing now what I... Or, knowing now... I would have changed the way I played it, mm-hmm. but I cast um, five channeled uh, black darts. I got right. five heroic channels, and I was like, "This this Drake's gonna have to die, right? Like, I'm gonna spend this might, I'm gonna yeah. get these things," and uh, it did not end up very well for me. Um, so I cast I cast five heroic channels. Um, I, I spent different will depending on what uh they had left but i spent a lot of my will on the five guys as well i think it was four 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 and then two of them cast with three dice and i figured okay i got a might on every one of them i should be able to now is this where you get the rule where you can cast one channeled spell for free each game with each guy is that no that's the nazgul shriek which is a free heroic uh channeled transfix oh it's transfix okay yeah so that's something separate but this one um so i cast i cast it five times one of them completely failed it was one of the three casts so i I failed to to get the dice off i think i rolled a one a one and a two Uh um another one i cast and it got past his magic resistance and i failed to wound okay because i rolled a one and I only had one might, so I couldn't bump it up. Okay. Um, and you have to roll to wound, and then it causes D3 wounds, right? Right. So, so far, failed cast, failed to wound. Um, the third one, I cast. I can't I can't remember the order of it, but I ended up not... Oh, no, that's the one where I cast and got it off, and he didn't resist, and I wounded, but I rolled one wound. Okay. Okay, so I've done... Failed to cast, can't wound, one wound. So I'm like, okay, this is getting better the further along we yeah. go here, right? <laughs> the next two, I was like, these are both four dice. So I rolled, both got six to to cast. So I'm like, yeah. perfect. He rolls for resist on the first one, rolls a six. Natural magic oh. resistance blocks yeah. it. Second one, same thing. Oh. Yeah, so five heroically channeled black darts, and I caused one wound. Oh, brutal. Um we were talking after the event uh, to one of the guys that we know there, uh, Simon. Yeah. And he uh, he said he was going to run it through like a simulation that he had. Yeah, to find out what the probability was of... Yeah, I wanted to know what the probability of me actually killing the Drake was. And yeah. it wasn't actually as high as I thought it was. It was yeah. only something like 15% if I didn't spend any might. Yeah. Um, it increased to the Drake's survivability. I think if I spent all my might um, to get the cast off, it was something like 41% the Drake would have lived. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me to only do one wound, 
it was like a 0.05% chance <laughs> to do what I did. Like, and I was absolutely devastated at that point because I'd spent so much of my resources. Yeah. Right? I was like, if I can get this thing dead, then I've got like a huge amount of breathing room to do. Right. Yeah, I've, yeah. Killed, I've killed one of his models. Um, his his drake is on the other side of the table. His dragon's over there. I can maybe target the dragon and get rid of his will so that yeah. um, he he can't breathe fire. And then I can just like compel them or transfix them to do to do nothing, right? Yeah. It, it didn't end up like that, and it just it went downhill from there. Well, like, like out of five, like depending on how many will you were using, I think yeah. it's reasonable to expect that he would resist two. Uh, out of the five, but it just so happens that the two he resisted were both sixes. Yeah, it which was made it brutal. And then also you failed to cast one of them altogether by rolling three bad dice on one cast. So yeah, yeah that's so rough. It was bad. And then yeah. like after that, it was just like every time I tried to cast something, he was resisting it. Like he even resisted some of my um, screeches. Yeah. And I did get one turn where I had like four wraiths on that same Drake uh-huh. to try and wound him, and I I struck up with the Witch King yeah. with his last point of might, thinking, okay, this is the turn I got to do this right. Mm-hmm. And he he rolled a six, and I rolled like a four highest, <laughs> so I lost the combat. And then he, uh, yeah, it was just bad. Like I lost everything. Basically, he killed every one of my guys. Oh, brutal. Yeah. So Rough. it was, it was bad. Like the Witch King lost his horse and both his fate to a, a fireball from the dragon. <laughs> like I just spent so many resources to not die. You that, literally went down in flames. Yeah, I got I got thinking like at the end of it, I probably should have just been, like throwing one dice black darts. Mm-hmm. But like because these guys have magic resistance, it it's, it's tough. Yeah. It's tough. Oh well. So three wins, and then it all comes crashing down in the end with a loss. Yeah, like I go against the the one army that like hard counters me with resistance it's the way. magic. It's always the way. Those stupid Drake nests, man. For my game four, I actually ended up playing the same opponent as I played in game three. I played Ryan again. We just played on a different table. Uh, which is fine, you know, that sometimes happens in tournaments where you just, in the later rounds, you end up playing either the same player that you've already played or on a table you've already played, so no big deal, he's a really good guy too, and we, we had just finished a long game that ended 0-0, so we were both kind of like, you know, eager to sort of get at the other guy and see yeah. if we could do some damage, and this time it was Lords of Battle. Um much more straightforward game this time sort of we deployed his three bands war bands sort of directly across from my two and our lines kind of just came together and he sort of enveloped me on my left and my my right um so kind of a good situation for his army um just because he just wants to get into me and overwhelm me and melee um but at this point I had kind of started figuring out my army a little bit and I wasn't able to control his um, troll chief this game. So his troll chieftain was racking up kills, but 
so was Aragorn and even Theoden were getting some kills. And I was able to stay ahead of them on kills because I finally figured out, okay, I have elves in my army and they are going to allow me in some situations to faint with models. Yeah. Um, which means I can reroll ones to wound. Um, so I started doing that where I can. You know, it's limited, but... And also they have hand-and-a-half uh, elven swords. So whenever I could, I would have one guy that was like two-hand in, in a fight. And that slowly figured... I slowly started to figure that out. And so I was able to start killing his guys at a slightly better rate than I was in the previous game. And so I was able to stay ahead of them. And it sort of all came down to one of the last turns where he he was going to call he was going to move he moved sorry a, into a rohan warrior that i just put in the way of his troll chief and he was obviously going to call a heroic combat and get on to theoden and kill him and rack up a bunch of points there so we both called um heroic combats and what ended up happening was mine went off first and what did i do I ended. I can't remember now if it was on the same turn. Was it the same turn? Yeah, I had Aragorn and Theoden in the same combat, and I called a heroic combat. And then I threw Aragorn, um, Theoden, and another warrior all into the combat that his troll chief was in. And so I surrounded him with all of my guys. And I had already called a strike. I called the heroic combat with, I think, Theoden, and I called a heroic strike with Aragorn. And went into him, I won the roll-off for strike, won the combat, and I didn't kill him, but I wounded him. And I believe that's where the game ended. And what ended up happening was, like, I was able to outscore him in wounds, and I was able to wound his leader but not kill it. Um, anyway, whatever it was, I ended up winning it for for nothing so kind of a good way to end the day it was a fun game ryan was a really good guy to play got two games yeah. against him so that was good and i ended up winning two games one tie one loss so reasonable record with an army that i'd never played before yeah i forgot to mention my score i got to zero to twelve. Oh, <laughs> oh god <laughs> so all the victory points that i had uh had made up to that point was yeah. twelve and and I just lost them all in one game. Brutal. Yeah, it was absolutely devastating to me. I yeah. was I was not I had I had the, the boo boo stink face. Oh did you? Yeah, about yeah. halfway through the game when, when that um, black dart attempt failed. Yeah. It uh it turned me from being happy that I was on three wins to absolutely devastated. Yeah. That was the point that you threw your hands up in the air. Yeah, because I yeah, knew yeah. there was there was like I had nothing right, like there's nothing yeah. left. Yeah. yeah. So it ended up. What place did you come in? I ended up in fourth. Fourth, and I ended up tied for seventh with Ben, who you had played. Okay. And the winner was Ronan, who had that yeah. army that you just finished talking about. And then second and third, I believe second was Noah, who was the guy I played in the first game yep. and so his loss to me was his only loss he won his other three games and then the guy that came in 
third was Taylor, who you had beat in your first game, and that was also his only loss. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I was playing on the, the top table. I mean, I'm, it doesn't happen very often that I'm up there. <laughs> it's good, though. But, you should try playing that army again now that you have some experience under your belt. Definitely, yeah. It'll be interesting. Yeah, yeah. Like, if I had played against Noah's list with all those berserkers, right? it would not have been... I probably would, I probably would have been tabled. Like, 15 berserkers is... Uh, well, you wouldn't have been able to keep them out of combat. No, like their courage is seven. Yeah. So it would have been down to five. Yeah, like it, it would have been, it would have been, it would have been bad. Yeah, they would have been all over you for sure. Yeah. But who knows what would have happened. Yeah, um, it'd be interesting to see what happens at like a higher point cost, because I think if we went up to 700 points, I would just add one more wraith. Yeah. And then like fill out um, the fate on all of them, because fate was a big thing. Right. Right, give everybody maximum fate, um, and then if I had points left over, maybe pop a couple will here and there. Cool. But, so, is it an army that you would play again? Though you enjoyed it? Oh, for sure. I like playing with a small model count list. Yeah. Um, especially with stuff like that, because there are a lot of missions where you give three victory points for killing the enemy leader. Yep. Like, I could just play the game where it's like ride up six black darts at the leader okay i did three wounds and killed them right away and then just yeah. that's it for the rest of the game well that's right? the thing when the ring when you have a ring wraith as your leader too there's no wounding your leader it's no. either dead or yeah. nothing he's all he's all or nothing he's all that, or nothing right? so. yeah so in that sense it actually makes it much harder for your opponent to get any of those points yeah yeah for me um my army was a real eye-opener for me. It was an infantry army, which I'm used to playing, but it has no toughness to it. Like, it's very fragile compared to the armies that I'm used to running. Yeah. And aside from shooting, the killing power of it is very low. I was expecting a lot more out of the throwing spears, um, and they just didn't... They were not worth the points that I spent on them. Uh, and it's just because the the Warriors of Rohan are four plus shoot, but normally you're moving, so you're only hitting on a, a five or a six. And I was just not really having a lot of luck with them. Um, I will play this army again, but if I do, I'm definitely going to tone down on the number of Warriors of Rohan that I have. Uh, like, I had a lot in this army. Um, and I think I would probably take fewer of them and a, a few more uh, Rohan Royal Guard because they tended to do much better. And because they have uh, bodyguard, it makes them a lot more valuable and they have a higher fight. Um, the other thing that I was really not used to, uh, having only two heroes in your army, I found it really hard. Um, Aragorn is fantastic, but he can only be in one place. Yeah. And normally, that's where you're trying to counter the the enemy's big threat. And so your your enemy's like secondary threats kind of have a free reign because Theoden he's your leader, but he's only like a mid tier hero. So you have to play him very conservatively. Um, otherwise, he'll just get killed. So that 
like for me, I'm used to playing with like a lot more heroes than than that. Um, so I found that like really handcuffing me in a lot of the games. Yeah. So if I was to play this list again, it would have to be at a higher point level so that I could put in at least one more hero. Yeah, yeah, you're used to playing Isengard. Your um, uh, what do you the call micro that? Warband, yeah. The micro Warband, where you've got like five or six heroes, right? So, yeah, like I normally play that with six heroes. Yeah, it was interesting playing with thirteen might. Um, like the other armies, like I play Dead of Dunharrow, where I usually just have like one might. Yeah, totally and, different experience. Yeah, it's just like okay, do what you need to do. I'll just I'll bounce back because I'm high yeah. defense, right? So yeah, right that's on, interesting. cool. Not well, it's a good tournament. Had a lot of fun. So I don't think we have a tournament in uh, May, do we? No. The other thing that happened there is you had like a buy and sell table. Oh yeah, I forgot about the buy and sell table. So I ended up selling a whole bunch of stuff that I knew I wasn't going to get to. Yeah. Um, and it was good to get rid of it because it just sitting on my desk here was making me angry that I had it and not actually doing <laughs> anything with it. Did you not sell a whole army? I did. I sold my uh, Dunland. Oh, your Dunland stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I get rid of that, plus a couple of boxes of like random stuff, and uh, I ended up trading some Moran and Orcs to, I believe, the guy you played the last two games. Ryan, yeah. Yeah, because he uh, he wanted he got to pick a prize, and yeah, um, he ended up getting a blister that he didn't need. Verascu is it Verascu? Yeah, Verascu is the crossbow guy, right? Yeah. Yeah, so he didn't need Verascu, and it was metal. And I didn't have that one, so I just traded them straight up for the Marin Orcs, because I didn't need them. Yeah. And I'd won them as a prize at the last event, right? Cool. So I just basically traded it for a model that... So now I have a complete Isengard metal... Force. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I had brought a couple of uh, blisters, well, more than a couple as well, and I think I sold around half of them. So so that was good, just to... uh, move some stuff and get a little money I th- and i think I, I can't remember did i buy anything i must have i usually always do i didn't uh for my prize i picked um because i i was uh the fourth like basically he did the first three people got to pick their prize yeah or the first three people didn't get to pick a prize because they got a trophy yeah and that's everything, right everything else was um raffled off i was lucky enough to get the first raffle spot um and i picked up the uh isengard cards like the games workshop had the cards oh okay yeah uh, yeah. profile cards yeah so i ended up getting the isengard pack nice so it's like they're like um little small cards that you can keep for reference which is nice yeah that's awesome I can't remember if I won. I don't think I won anything. I don't think I got anything in the raffle there. Can't yeah, remember I now. I don't remember. Yeah. Anyway, I guess that's it for our uh, our adventures in Middle Earth, and we will move on to the next segment.
All right, we're here for all that is gold does not glitter. And I'm here all by myself. Uh, no Garrett, no Andrew, no Chris, just me all by my lonesome. Uh, but we've had a question sitting in our bank for quite a few months. So I thought it was time that we answer this question, or at least that I answer this question, seeing as I'm by myself at the moment. Um, but the question is from Joel Sharp. And he says, hey guys, I had a question regarding micro warbands and wanted to see what your thoughts were. Loved the micro warband war episode and was thinking of a Gundabad version and not sure if it's viable. I would be using the Dull Guldur Trifecta, i.e. Gundabad, Hunter Orcs, Dull Guldur. Was thinking of Bulg with a sprinkle of Berserkers, Narzug on Warg with some Hunter Orc Bowmen, Fimble with some fast cav, Yazneg with some fighting hunter orcs, and the keeper of the dungeons with some shield wall Gundabad orcs. This idea is in its infancy, so I haven't worked out points. Maybe bulk would be too expensive, but wanted your thoughts on this. There's also the option of putting some foot Nazgul in there. Thanks again and love your podcast. Keep up the awesome work and looking forward to the next episode. Cheers. And then he actually wrote back almost right away and said, Also forgot the goblin mercenary captain who could throw a wrench in my opponent's plans with his deep striking capabilities. Could be another good option on the micro warband pool. So that's his question. Um, really cool question. I love this kind of army just because it's like super interesting. Um, no idea if it's competitive or not, but what I did was based on what he outlined there, um, I put together this list and this is kind of how it comes out and it's roughly 600 points um, warband one is bulg with three berserkers warband two is narzog on warg with three uh, hunter orc bowmen warband three is fimble on warg with three hunter orcs on fell wargs warband four is yazneg with fell warg and lance and two hunter orcs just on foot and Warband 5 is the Keeper of the Dungeon with three Gundabad Orcs with shields. So that comes in at 598. And that's kind of what he listed in his question. So I, I didn't include any Foot Nazgul. He did mention that. And I didn't include the um, Goblin Mercenary uh, idea. So like... You could easily add that on, like I think the Goblin Mercenary in 10 Goblins is 100 points, so you could add that in and kick this up to 700, say. Um, but anyway, what I did was I shot this list over to Andrew to get his opinion on this, and of course it's Andrew, so he's going to be answering strictly from sort of a competitive viewpoint. And here's what he said. Short answer... No. Too few models and the majority of your army is defense 4. 
Also, you're taking bulk. A micro warband force should have cheaper heroes. I can see dropping him for the Witch King from Dol Guldur and then picking up a spider or two. And then another character with some fell works. Even then, the shooting is pretty lackluster and the majority of the army is fight three. It's kinda meh across the board. You're better off running that as a horde of hunter orcs with bulg leading them. So that's what he said. Um, anyway, so that's it direct from Andrew. So he's giving that two thumbs down as far as competitive goes. Um, I'll give my thoughts on it as well, but I kind of generally think from a fun perspective or even like how interesting is the is the army rather than from a competitive viewpoint. Andrew touched on this uh, in his comment, uh, which is that micro warband armies are generally about getting as many mid-tier heroes uh, with as much might as possible. So you're generally not picking any of the top tier sort of big heroes that are, you know, in the 150 point or higher range. Rather, you would take like two heroes and like maybe 60 or 70 point heroes, you know, with three might. You're always looking for three might and also heroes with good abilities, uh, good special rules. You know, I mean, if you want to take bulk, then by all means take bulb. But you're kind of moving sort of directly away from the micro warband concept because you just got too many points invested in that one hero. So here's a list that I put together that I think is close to what Joel was suggesting or requesting. And I think it'd be a really fun list to play with. He mentioned that he wasn't sure if it was viable. And to be honest, I have no idea if it would be competitive, but you know, who cares about such things? I play a very similar list to this with Isengard, but it's a completely different army, different strengths and weaknesses. And in the case of the Isengard list, it can be quite competitive, but no idea about this, um, this one here. So it starts off with the Dark Powers of Dul Guldur section. And this is led by the Lingering Shadow with his unnatural speed aka teleporting um, as requested by joel we've got the keeper of the dungeons as well and then for warriors you got two gun to bad orcs with shields and spears one gun to bad orc with shield spear and banner and one murkwood spider okay so the lingering shadow is the leader of the army by virtue of his hero of valor status admittedly probably the weak link in the army not sure actually if uh, this is the best choice of an ally for, for this build, but I've included it as that's what Joel wanted to do. I went with the Lingering Shadow because this is a fast army, so his unnatural speed will help him get where he needs to be and also let him stay away from any major threats. His Harbinger of Evil will work well with other terror-causing models in the army. 
And the orcs are just there to screen the keeper who has zero fate and plus they carry a banner. All right, so now we move on to the Azog's hunters part of the list, which is kind of the core of the army. It's where most of the heroes and, and warriors come from. Um, you've got Yazneg with Felwarg and Lance. Um, he's only fight four and courage three, but he does have three might. He's got heroic strike, and of course, he comes with a lance. Um, with him, you've got one Felwarg, one hunter orc on Felwarg, and one hunter orc with orc bow. Then you've got Narzug on Warg. He's actually Courage 4 and has Morgul arrows and also lethal aim. With him comes one Felwarg, one hunter orc on Felwarg, and two hunter orcs with orc bows. Last, you've got Fimble on Warg. And he's your fight five guy with also courage four and hunt master. He's got one felwarg, one hunter orc on felwarg, one hunter orc with orc bow, and one hunter orc with orc bow and warhorn. So this is where the majority of might comes from in this army. It's got nine might on these three heroes. Uh, it's also got six bows here as you never know when they're going to come in handy uh the army bow the army bonus is is active giving you 50 percent bows here and plus one shoot um the fell wargs can keep up with the heroes and kind of act initially anyways as a, a mobile sort of in the way to keep those heroes uh on their mounts the last warband is from Azog's Legion and I'm essentially swapping Bulg out for this. Um, uh, Bulg is 180 points and this is worth 200 points so it's a little bit more. Um, here you've got a Gundabad Orc Captain with shield so he's strength 5, uh, defense 6, march and has ancient enemies um really taking this hero to just unlock the uh non-hero models though in in this section so you get two gundabad orc warriors with shield and spear you get one gundabad berserker you gotta have the gundabad berserker um two warbats and one ogre so for 20 points more than Bulg, you get seven models. A solid captain hero, two defense six shield and spear armed troops that offer great utility, a two attack move eight berserker, two warbats that have two wounds each, move 12 and have two crazy good rules in piercing talons and pluck and last but not least you get a move eight monster with fight five strength six three attacks three wounds for just 60 points cheapest monster in the game um no doubt bulg is a killing machine but these seven models offer quite a bit more um they may not excel at killing big heroes like bulg does but collectively, they are just as big a threat 
as they can be much more effective at winning missions than the all your eggs in one basket bulg. The army bonus is still active, but as Azog or Balg aren't in the list, they're, it's really not doing anything for you. So anyway, this army is a total of 750 points. It's got 27 models, so 13.5 breakpoint. It's got six orc bows, six heroes with 16 might. It's got a banner and a war horn, one monster, two flyers, and one spider. Ironically, I've actually been collecting a lot of the models in this list, but mostly because um, I've been trying to get them so that I could actually field the Battle Company version of, of this army. Um, so I've actually got a box of Felwargs, and all this stuff is kind of still on the sprue for the most part. I've got a box of hunter orcs. I've got a box of hunter orcs on felwargs, although three of those are actually assembled and primed. I've got a box of Gundabad orcs. I've got the Gundabad captain. I've got the two warbats from Forge World, also assembled and primed. And I've got the lingering shadow and the keeper of the dungeon ready to actually go fully painted, thanks to Garrett, because I bought that entire army off him. Um, so actually, all I would need to field the list that I just rhymed off are five models, and they are Yazneg, Narzug, Fimble, one Merkwood Spider, and one Ogre. So five models, not much. Should be super easy. Unfortunately for me, those five models, I would have to spend around $320 Canadian to get them. Um, just because of the way they're sold, like the heroes are sold in sets, so that's no problem. But the like the Merkwood Spider, in order to get one, you're looking at buying, I think, is it a set of four spiders now? And the Ogre, well, you have to buy two. So, and it's a Forge World and quite expensive. So that's a lot. Um, in fact, as we speak, I've actually ordered from Games Workshop some of those heroes. So I will have at least some of those models um, very soon. Anyway, that's my take on that list. I think it's gonna be a really fun list to play. Maybe completely uncompetitive, I don't know. But there's just like a lot of different things in that army, a lot of fast moving stuff, a lot of t attacks. You got a monster, you got some flying things, you got spiders crawling over stuff, firing webs. You've got lingering shadow, jumping around, teleporting. Um, you've got enough orcs with shields and spears to form up into a little bit of a shield wall you got some bows you got some fell wargs to run around and grab objective it's it's got a lot happening the the big weakness for this list is that it is super fragile this is like a glass cannon for sure but you could have a lot of fun with this list and it's one that i would actually like to try playing with so anyway that's my take on it uh hopefully i've answered that question good enough for you joel i didn't have drew's expert competitive opinion here but hopefully i did okay 
Anyway, thanks very much, Joel, for the question. Really appreciate it. Um, you know, feel free to send more in. Really love this kind of question. Uh, and that's it. Let's move on to the next segment. All right, for this last section, we're going to just recount something that is kind of a unique little oddity that kind of only happens in Middle Earth Strategy Battle Game. I'm not sure if this actually is a thing with any other game. I've never encountered it, and we're calling this the Troll Horde. And you know what I'm talking about, don't you, Garrett? I do. Yeah, because this has happened to us like several times. And it is kind of this thing that you have with Middle Earth Strategy Battle Game because when it came out in 2001, I think it was, um, there were a lot of people, like the sales for Games Workshop were like astronomical. Their their sales were, it, it actually had a massive impact on Games Workshop as a company. It was far more than they ever expected. And a lot of people were actually buying miniatures as collectors. Mm -hmm. And what the troll horde is, is even now, 20 years later, you still see collections occasionally go up for sale. Could be, like most commonly, it's at a store. I think every time we've encountered this, it's actually been at a store where somebody brings in a collection of models they bought between, say, 2001, like kind of the original three movies era. Yeah. Right? And so this has happened to us a bunch of times, and it just happened recently where you caught wind from one of our mutual friends that one of these lots had come up for sale at a, at a local gaming shop, you know, maybe about 45 minutes away from us. And what did we do? <laughs> I messaged you, and I was in the car yeah. dri driving to pick you up. It was like a Sunday morning. I think it was, was it a long weekend? I can't remember if it was a long weekend, but it was a Sunday morning for sure. Yeah, I think actually it was Easter long weekend. It was, because it was in April. Yeah. Yeah, so I was on the phone, messaged you, got ready, got in the car, and was driving to your house. I said, get ready because I'm picking you up in 10 minutes. <laughs> and uh, we got in the car and drove over. Because when yeah. you find stuff like that, yeah, you, you got to get there quick. Cause... Yeah, and the only thing we had to go by was one photograph had been sent to you. Yeah. And it was like literally like an entire table. Yeah, four um, by six table. Yeah, covered with blisters and box sets. And it was, I, I believe this this troll horde was all um, Fellowship of the Ring and Two Towers. Yeah, I don't think there was, well, there was a couple blue box items, um, which is like the Return of the King era. They were mostly, I think, the troll, yeah. the metal troll. <laughs> Yeah. which nobody nobody picked those up but anyway yeah so there was like a huge amount of stuff 
And so we beelined it right for, right for that place. Yeah. Because usually if you're lucky in, in a situation like that, you'll end up finding some stuff that is like fairly collectible that you you may be looking for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is like you, you want to try and get the stuff that like you're, you're after that is harder to find. Yeah. And a lot of the models that were there are only available in resin now. Yeah. And we, we, we prefer the metal stuff. So it was, it was interesting hoard. We ended up both spending, I think two, $200, each. Yeah. On my first visit, I spent $340. Oh, yeah. You went back. That's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I went back a second time. Um, just, it was like, and for me, it was, it's on my way to and from work. Yeah. So I just went by on my way home from work to sort of to see what was, what was left. And it was like, you know, maybe only a third of it was left, but it was, it, it was kind of most of the stuff that was probably going to sit there now for forever. Um, because like some of the stuff, a lot of them were the, the red blisters that came in the, um, the magazines. Yep. Um, and there was like, I don't know how many, but there was probably at least 20 goth mogs there. Yep. And yeah. that, in that red box. Yeah. It just, just foot only not mounted. Mm-hmm. Um, so those models will all just stay there forever, probably. But but there was a lot of stuff there, a lot of, like, box sets. Like, I ended up buying um, the one that has the Barrow Whites and um, Tom and Goldberry and the four hobbits wrapped in their shrouds. So, like, that was, that was a good find for me. I also picked up the Troll Chief for my Mordor army because it was metal. Don't have that. So that was awesome. And, you know, tons of other stuff. Like they had Avenger Bolt Thrower. I picked up um, two of the Orc Siege Weapon. I forget what it's called. The crossbow thing. The Bolt Thrower, yeah. Yeah, like these are just harder to get things. They had the original Radagast. I picked that up. They had Gimli sitting on a Urukai grab that just a lot of random stuff like that um that i'm like this is stuff that i either want or that i know that i could trade on our our, on our trade group Uh um yeah i picked up uh i picked up stuff that i like needed to finish off my my army um like i picked up a boromir on foot um i picked up a boromir on horse um which i later come to find was missing the sword arm so because the blister had opened a little bit, so it, oh, it had yeah. fallen out at some point, which is which is rough. But I can I can figure something out to make that work. Yeah. Um, but I, I wanted that for my uh, breaking of the fellowship, mm-hmm. at least him on foot, because I don't have that model. Um, I bought a couple blisters of more metal Urukai scouts because they had a bunch of that stuff. Yeah. Um, I basically bought enough stuff that I could. I think I can get up to like a thousand points now. I think yeah. when I went back, they still had about 10 blisters of Urukai Scouts, uh-huh. but every one of them were bows. Yeah, and you don't need that many bows. Like, no. I even I even bought another blister of Bowman because I still needed a couple. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm, like, maxed out on that, so mm-hmm. I bought that. And then I bought two big boxes, which were the um, Two Towers Metal Ringwraith on Fellbeast. Yeah. 
because they're like I've never. It's hard to find that that box, um, but it also comes with Frodo in it as well. Mm-hmm. And it's like the scene where they're in Osgiliath and Frodo walks up to the top of the ruins and right. the ring race about to just grab. He's him. like hovering there. Yeah. So, it I I like that that model too because it's it's one that I don't have. Like it's it's a fell beast model that I don't have. So. Now I've got a couple more of those. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it was cool. There's a there's a another army for a different game system that I ended up returning and picking up later after trading in some 40k stuff for it. Yeah, it was like a fully it. assembled and painted, really nice army. Yeah. So I figured if I'm going to be playing Warhammer, I want to have something painted, and that way I don't have to. Yeah. Build and paint it myself, right? So yeah, this yeah. was like a turnkey system but to get back to what we're saying is like there's all this really cool old stuff that we hard it's like hard to find nowadays because yeah. most of it's opened or people have like just tossed it away because yeah they don't know what it is and what they have right but there's been other situations where we've had this kind of same thing pop up oh for um, sure yeah and and it it's it's very rare that you you find them but when it comes up, we have to jump on it right away yeah. because like this example that we're, we're saying, someone had posted a picture because I guess they had seen it in a different chat. Mm-hmm. And like later that day, probably a half a dozen or a dozen other people from our group all carpooled over and basically picked clean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pick that skeleton clean. Yeah, took all like, took all the the troll treasure. Yeah, we had all, we, all that we, was all that's left when they left were the yeah. Urukai Bowman and the uh, Gothmog on foot yeah. times twenty. Yeah, we swooped in and got the stings and the uh, the um ah oh, I forget what the name of the sword is. Glamdring. Glamdring and yeah. uh, and the other one. The one that uh, Thorn takes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you're killing me or, here. Or Crest. Or Crest. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we snuck in and got that stuff, and uh, <laughs> yeah. and then everybody else coming after. But yeah, we've had other stuff. Like there's a when we first started playing, I kind of put a a blast out to all of the Games Workshop employees that I knew. Yeah. Because a lot of them had collected stuff, and one of them actually messaged me back and said yeah i've got this huge lot of stuff and i just want to get rid of it and i ended up buying it and it had a ton of stuff yeah well you and i went in on it together because we yeah we ended up splitting it up between the two of us yeah and it was like two full painted armies but this was uh i guess he had a war of the ring back when that was popular yeah so he had a huge army of war of the ring right it was uh it's always interesting and fun to come up and, and see these things but there's been like a couple of other times where either we've got a notification that you know a lot has come up for sale in a store and we've like gone on a road trip or like early on like 2015 2016 you know a couple of times we we went on a road trip and like hit like you know four or five like hobby stores that have been around for years and it's like yeah like what do you got in the in like covered in dust in the boxes in the back corner and it's like hey you know if you're lucky you you find a few choice blisters 
Yeah, I even, um, it would have been just before COVID, but I know when somebody um, here in Canada, local to us, was uh, not part of the scene, but was looking to sell a collection of uh, their brother who had passed away and was was a big collector. And they they had put up a message, I think it was on the GBHL, because it was it was Damien that um, tagged me on the post or gave them my name I, for, I forget but they um, it was a woman and, and she contacted me about it and I spent a lot of time talking with her and going over the collection and it was a big collection that her her brother had had and I think most of it was was painted. Um, but certainly there was a lot that was not painted and you know there was a lot of money tied up in that collection and a lot of valuable stuff um, some not so valuable stuff but um, I spent a lot of time with her going over like how much it was worth and and what she should expect to to get for for all of it and you know I let her know that like people are gonna come in right away as soon as you find out they have this stuff and like give you really low ball offers for for the whole thing and you know these are the offers that you can expect to see and like don't go for any of these offers um you know so i sort of explained to her how she was going to need to go about selling it and, and it ended up being really successful for her um she was able to to uh sell that off at like really fair market value That's and uh, i bought some stuff myself and a lot of people from our community ended up ended up buying some of that. So that's kind of another example of a lot coming up and and making sure that people get get what it's worth. Um, anyway, yeah, it's not the first time that's happened, and you know, I I still hope we see more of these big lots come for sale, and you know, we go on road trips. It's just a lot of fun to do that it kind is, of stuff. It is, yeah. Like even, you know, some of them, this last one we had, like there was even kind of like a big box just full of broken models of like plastic 40K like orcs and just yeah. random stuff. And just like digging through that to the bottom and there were probably like a hundred Middle Earth models in there as well. Yeah. And um, I ended up picking up um, a bunch of like, brand new like metal orcs never been painted um you know the second time i went back i went through that again and i found uh like a mounted ring wraith um just missing a sword arm like that kind of stuff mm -hmm. but you know easy to fix um i found like a fair mirror with like bow in there just stuff like that it's like i love doing that it's like going on a treasure hunt at a candy store you know yeah yeah i keep um I keep joking that um, I'm looking for the white whale, or what I call the white whale. <laughs> the white whale, yeah. And and I've yet to find it, but yeah. I, I know it's out there, Yeah. and I will find it eventually. You will. And it, it's been from way back when we first started. I've wanted to find a blister of Aomer, Marshall the Rittermark. Yeah. The metal, the metal one where he's on yeah. horse. Yeah. It, it only really came out for War of the Ring because there's a lot of different models that came out at that era yeah. that Games Workshop had made up 
like most of the um, Isengard named heroes are part of that. Like Mahur is definitely one of them. Uh, Verasku is one of them. Oh, really? But um, yeah, a lot of those models came out around that time. And they're the blue blisters that are hard to find. Because there was like a brown blister that came out, which was kind of the in-between the War of the Ring and the other three movies, Mm -hmm. which you can can often see um, a lot of them at the the store we were just at had a couple brown box, like blister items. Um, But yeah, it's... It's it's something that I've I've like constantly been trying to get my hands on. Yeah. And uh haven't well, been able for to find one. A long time that was probably the most sought after model in, in the range. Yeah. I yeah. still don't have one. Yeah. Um but uh now they've got a plastic one out, so it's yeah. it's and it's gorgeous, so Yeah. I'm so sure I'll just end up doing that, buying that model if I was gonna do that list, but right, I'm, right. I'm still Holding out hope that uh, I will get <laughs> I will get my white whale at some point. The white whale. Yeah. Cool. And people people should know what that reference is, and if they don't, you got to read more. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess that is the end of this little chat segment, and also the end of this episode. Any parting words, sir? Um. Paint your stuff. Paint your stuff. Yeah, you paint sit, your stuff. Don't sit around for two years not doing anything and then and then regret it. <laughs> like, there's so much stuff over the last two years that I wish I had it done differently, but oh well, it is what it is. What can you do? Are you still doing your hour a day kind of thing? I'm trying, yeah. Good. Good yep. stuff. Cause... Even if it's just, like, today I cleaned the mold lines off yeah. of... The shields for the Urukai Scouts. Hey, it's progress. Yeah. Yeah, I'm always like I, I probably do an hour a day too, but like a lot of my stuff isn't modeling. It's um, writing or researching or like making army lists. Like right now, I'm working on designing a battle companies campaign with a friend and. Like I've spent like a lot of time reading and and researching the time period and okay. um, doing some writing and list creation and all of that kind of stuff. So I always keep myself busy with the hobby, but you know, unfortunately, painting isn't usually at the top of the list. Like even today, I was converting just like a random miniature that I had laying around that I was planning a conversion on for a long time. It's like yeah, I'm just gonna convert this orc, right? And it's like. What is yeah. this for? It's nothing, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, we were talking before um, we started recording about um, about stuff, and I had said that I wanted to convert a model for um, Gulivar because they don't have one of those. Yeah. And I was explaining how, how I wanted to maybe do Angmar, but that's like, once I get the other two armies that I have done, Oh, I know. I, I got to get myself in that mindset. Finish what you have and then start something else. Yeah, it's it's that mindset is elusive. Mm-hmm. It's elusive. And it's like buying stuff. <laughs> I know. Add, I add to my dragon horde. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a pile of shame. It's my dragon, my <laughs> dragon horde. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. All right. Well, that's it for this episode. Thanks everybody for for joining us here on North of the Shire. 
And we look forward to the next episode. Take care, everybody.